Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. <laughs> yeah, take that sip of water right as we start recording. That's the best time to do that. Yep, there well, you the go. Next okay. best time would have been right before. It would have been. But that would have been great. Yeah. But that would have been the best time. But or like the next a minute. Time, or like a minute into it, you know. Well, you don't know what my phlegm situation is. <laughs> what your liquid needs are. Yeah. Uh, what a great way to start an episode about our relationship and how we work <laughs> through things, other than fighting about when you take a drink of water. How's your water vessel working out, by the way? I it. Okay, good. Yeah. It's a little crooked right now. Yeah, you're a you're a water vessel kind of gal. Oh. I'm like a whatever cups available put water in. No, no, in, I'll no, drink no, no. I'm very particular about my vessels. Which is interesting because this episode we're gonna discover how I'm more particular, as most people probably know if they listen Everyone's to this podcast. Particular, but you're gonna yeah. really find out how we're particular in this episode. Before we do that though, let's get into the preamble. Okay. The preamble, chat about a few Portugal things, a few other things. Um, <laughs> important oh, to me you. that's not on this list. I'm sorry. I, I wanted to mention this, but I'm just saying it everywhere that we talk about things. I've restarted Breath of the Wild. We know. I know you don't care, and I know you're over it. No, I'm not over it. But I want everyone else to know, because they may be like me, where like when it came out three years ago or Mm -hmm. four years ago Mm -hmm. now, you played it, you played it all the way through, or you played it like so many hours, you just got done with it. Mm -hmm. But it's been years since you've played it, and maybe you've forgotten just the magic of that game and like how unbelievably creative and wonderful it is. And I'm so excited for Breath of the Wild 2 to come out right around my birthday. Thank you, Nintendo. Such a great birthday present for me. Um, but I just want to let everyone know who's listening to this and may not have played for the past like three mm-hmm. or four years. Pick it back up. Play leisurely. Start a new game. Start from the beginning. Have fun. Find some glitches on YouTube that people have found. Like I've just had fun like duplicating glitching out. dragon's horns for just <laughs> for no reason just because it's like a silly, dumb thing you can do. So I just wanted to share that's one of the things that's like been bringing me joy here. That Definitely. And I want hours. you to know that it makes it brings me immense joy to see you engaging in something that brings you immense joy. Yeah. And I was really thinking about this. There's not you're just and I think most people who have listened to the podcast for a while will know. You're not someone who, I mean, besides cinnamon rolls, I can't think of like too many things you get excited about. Coffee. Coffee and, and cinnamon coffee. rolls is yeah, really yeah. it. You're just not a person who's easily excited. And this is great because yeah. my emotions are all over the map <laughs> and yours are very, very level, very uh, low center of gravity. I'm, I'm the, the, the dead sound in a movie. The beep. Like that's my emotional <laughs> level at all times. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so. The cinnamon rolls. Boop. Boop. Just coffee. Little, boop. Breath of the wild. Boop. boop. <laughs> but when you have something that you really love it lights my heart up with happiness so yeah and i I mean i also understand like this has been because we're going to talk about relation to this whole episode so we'll just kind of like plop right into this real quick oh plop right in it's got to be a little bit difficult to be with someone when like you don't know when i'm excited about something because i don't have a level of excitement that you can really see like it's very 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 rare when i'm like visibly excited and it's because on the inside i don't feel like visibly, visibly excited, excited. <laughs> yeah. and it's just and it it's this is probably a childhood coping me- mechanism dealing oh, with things for, for sure. sure and I just like wall that off so that I don't show too much emotion but also like I do get excited about things but I just I I genuinely it's those three things it's like <laughs> cinnamon rolls coffee uh, but no I, I you know like I think us going to like new restaurants and things and and exploring Portugal and and doing that like yeah, uh, was, I've gotten better at de- deducing yeah. when you're engaged in an activity that you actually enjoy, but it's 
it takes it's, some years to it figure it years. out. And I think it truthfully just is far and few between for me to get excited. Totally. Like I like doing things. I'm not a, a grumpy person. No. It's just more like, yeah, that was fine. You know, like totally. it was whatever. Anyway, uh, that was my little uh, aside to our preamble. But our actual preamble today, as of recording this, yeah. we have our very first Portuguese lesson. Uh, we're going to talk to a person. language lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk to a person, and we're going to see how they we're help gonna... us learn Portuguese. I know. <laughs> we don't know how it's going to go. I've never done, besides in school, yeah. I took Italian. I mean, I took Latin in high school. I took Italian in college. But those are the only two language learning environments I've ever been. I've never done, like, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. But So I'm really excited. I'm, I'm mainly excited to learn pronunciation and ask questions and I just think it will help me learn faster and I think it will help me I do think a little bit of that accountability of like a school like environment will help me I think it will be it's gonna be interesting for us because we're doing it together Uh to start and we'll see how that goes we just we learn very differently and we also we study very differently wherein you love to study yeah. and I hate it. I know. I just don't have any interest whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to do homework. I don't. So it'll be like, I'm not putting this out into the world cause I want it to happen. I'm just, I could foresee me dropping off of the tutor we and you to, keeping up with yeah. it. And then I just kind of go on my own path because it'll just be too much friction between us of like, yeah. you're trying to get to a level and achieve and, and do things. And that's kind of how you exist, which makes you feel good. Yeah. That doesn't make me feel no. good. It makes me feel like I'm being and forced to do Zelda, something I don't do. Then you want to achieve. If I could learn Portuguese by playing Breath of the Wild, I, I know I can change the language to it. Maybe I should do that you because I know that. I should do that. That's a good idea. I'm going to see if I can. But I think I have to change the entire language of the whole system. <laughs> so then if I have to get into some menus, I'm going to have to do a lot of hey. translate. I should do that. Yeah, that's what I do now yeah. is when I do online shopping, I use the, I don't translate don't the page, translate. Yeah. which helps. Yeah. Comprar. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Portuguese lessons will, will, will uh, next episode, let you know we'll how that's going to We'll give you the update on that. The first couple will be fine because we'll both kind of be on the same playing field like you, you know then, more you words then than I'll pull away you knew more words than I do but you're gonna very quickly I think like do homework and do things and like I'm gonna be playing Breath of the Wild in Portuguese and, well like, keep fine. up bro. I'll be able to tell them how like what mighty porgy is <laughs> which is a fish in the game um you have on here fitness what did you want to talk about with fitness oh I just wanted to mention that we are getting back into our little fitness routine here which feels really good um you know, we've kind of settled into a routine. I don't think I've said this, but in 2021, I set a goal of not hitting exercise, which meant exercising for 10 minutes a day. And I'm trying to do that again in 2023. And so I have a little cycle studio downstairs. We have like a bonus room in the first floor, which is like yeah, the basement Yeah, it feels like floor. the basement, but yeah. it's the first floor. Um, and it's going to be like a combination art studio slash fart studio slash Flab. We're not calling it the flab. Just because it's a funny way to Which is the fart studio combined with the lab, which is what we call the gym. Anyway, it's just, you know, we like to make up words. Just silly words. So I've been doing that. And then like once or twice a week, I go with you to the gym. Yeah. It's like our neighborhood gym. You have a stationary bike. That's like a, it's not a, um, Oh no, it's like a a faux Peloton. Peloton. Yeah. It's like a faux, a Peloton. Uh, you have, uh, some little workout, uh, floor pieces that we put together and some free weights. And like three different weights of free weights, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. that's it. Like that's all that's in Yeah, so there. in my studio, I'll do usually either a cycle or I'll do... I Through love, the Peloton app. Yes, I yeah. will use the Peloton app, which I love. And then if I don't want to do that, then I'll do a YouTube workout because we do have a TV down there. And I'll do like a... I really like Sydney, formerly Cummings, now how, how to shell. Um, I love her workouts because they're like 
tend to be full body strength workouts yeah. with some combination of hit and stuff. Anyway, this is getting so into the weeds. Oh, the yeah, point yeah. I wanted to make was like, it just, I'm, I, it feels really good. And not getting back into a walking routine in the afternoon as mm -hmm. well. It feels so good to rebuild this part of my daily routine that was really, really near impossible to keep consistent while we were traveling. Oh, it was impossible. Yeah, and it's not near. It was. It, it's such a reminder that moving my body and having some type of physical exercise every day is so crucial to my mental health. Yeah. And... I just, I can feel the benefits already. Yeah. Um, so that's very exciting. We also went to the store because I, after like 30 days of my, you know, all year challenge, I like to have little milestones and rewards. Yeah. And so I rewarded myself with a couple of new workout outfits. But they're based on continuing the habit. Exactly. Yeah. So this is like a tip that I learned is like a great way to reward yourself <clears throat> when you're starting a new habit is to make sure that the reward actually reinforces the habit yeah. because that means you're not just doing it to get the final thing, but yeah. you're doing it to actually kind of like level up it within the habit itself. Yeah. So yeah, I got some new workout outfits and feels great. Went and to the Portuguese sporting goods store decathlon, which is not just in Portugal. It's in a bunch of countries in Europe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, um, I think for fitness for me too, it's just been really helpful to have the gym that we can walk to. That's exactly seven minutes away mm -hmm. as I walk, unless I meet, uh, our, uh, Fernandez and Fernandez Nikki. and Nikki, uh, are very, very like think of the old man and up that is this man, but he speaks Portuguese. Mm -hmm. He is just wonderful and friendly and, and it always, took me by surprise. He tends to his like crops, his, his, his little garden, his He's garden. Just doing things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, he was so nice and so friendly, but, uh, yeah, I, I like doing that cause it's very grounding. It's very centering. It's very like helpful. I also, it's so funny because my well-worn brain of fitness and working out was like, I remember going to the gym, like every single day and working out for like an hour where really hard and pushing myself. And still to this day, that was like 20 years ago, mm -hmm. still to this day, I'll be in the gym and I'm like, I don't need to work out that hard. <laughs> I don't need, like who, I'm by myself. Like what is going on? And I'll get to like 25 minutes and I'm tired and I've done a bunch of stuff. I've barely taken any breaks. I'm like, I can leave. Like I don't have to stay here for 40 minutes. What a revelation. But it's just a funny thing that sticks in my brain. Um, yeah, so that's the fitness update and it's just been nice to, to get into a good routine. The weather's been getting better here. We've had a string of sunny days. It's a little string chilly. Of sunny days. Uh, for those of you who are interested, uh, knowing that we lived in Southern California before, if you knew that uh then you knew that. And if you didn't, now you know that. But the weather where we used to live, very, very comparable. I'm talking about we are like five degrees Fahrenheit indifference between the days. Yeah. So it gets, a you know, it's like low 50s, mid 50s, high 50s throughout the quote unquote winter. And then overnight, it definitely gets colder. And then we've had a couple that have dropped down to like the 40s, but that was the same in San Diego. So True. it's extremely comparable. Uh, last on our list in the preamble here. Yes. Finding some footing with the restaurants. Shops where we need things. Just yeah. kind of like grounding ourselves into our lives here by knowing, oh, let's go grab a meal. And it's just really easy because we can go to like these five spots that are right mm -hmm. around us. Yeah, we're building our little uh, yeah. go-to restaurant list, which feels really good. We did have a snafu with um, an online, because there's like a couple of, since our place, our rental place is furnished, there's a couple of pieces of furniture that would improve our lives, namely some stuff for my art studio downstairs because yeah. I don't have like a dedicated place to do art. And that's the thing that brings me a lot of value and joy. Um, and so, and also a mirror. I really yeah. wanted a full length mirror for my little flab. 
and um, we found this very cool kind of like Scandinavian inspired um, online furniture store. Come to find out it's actually in Spain is where they're based, but they do ship to Portugal. And we had seen some, a lot of mixed reviews online of yeah. like people being like, I never got my stuff. And people being like, it came exactly as I thought. And we were just like, okay, maybe we'll risk it. Order one thing and risk it. We yeah. ordered a mirror, a full length <laughs> mirror. And yeah, it was a fail. I was tracking the order every day, but the like tracking updates were in Portuguese. And so I wasn't translating every single one of them. And I saw something that looked like phone number. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't get a phone call. So and you added your phone number I, when you were and, checking and out. And I can see on the tracking thing, it says my phone number. And yeah. so I'm like, well, they have the right phone number. They would have called me if it, there was a problem. Then finally I get an update in the thing. By the way, I've had no correspondence. No one yeah. has sent me like, I can't get in touch with you. They have my email. It's not like we couldn't get to you or whatever. It's me doing the diligence of checking the order updates. And finally it says like return to sender. I'm like, yeah. great. Yeah. So come to find out they, I think they formatted it wrong because I used my US number. Yeah. And I think they just tried to call, but it didn't go through. Should have used their burner. Should use their burner Should've number. Used Portuguese burner that we got. So that was a fail. And I just think it's probably not going to be worth it going forward to try to use that retailer. But these are kind of the things yeah. that you have to figure out, you yeah. know? And it's just like being, you know, for us specifically back in the U.S., like there are online retailers that we would have tried and like you have a bad experience and you're like, oh, I'm not going to use that again. Like, exactly. It's not, it's not limited to being in Portugal or in Europe or anywhere else. It's just, you know, you, you find a place and I think we've all been there where you're like, oh, this place has great prices. It's got great selection. Like things look good and you try and order it and like it just doesn't work out. And you're like, all right, well, I got to give up and find a new place. The good news is there are plenty of other plenty. places we can try. Absolutely. And there actually, there actually are a couple local places that we can go to but this one was just like the perfect vibe whereas like going yeah. to a local place you don't know exactly what's going to be there. I also really wish like to my knowledge so far secondhand furniture or like right. thrift shops or like things like that aren't as prevalent as they are in the United States. Yeah. I really wish there was like a secondhand furniture store where I could go look for just a desk or something. It's very interesting. We don't seem to find like any places to donate clothing or anything like that. Like I it's need just... to maybe I need to ask like our maybe I'll ask we have lunch um, yeah. with a Portuguese friend next week. Yeah. So I'm going to ask. Yeah. See if we can find out at, yeah, yeah. what the deal is. But, and also I do want to go to the flea market. On I Saturday. know you do. Well, it's been kind of rainy, but now that it's been sunny for a good streak, we can make we can that try happen. To do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's get into the episode here. We are going to talk about our relationship. For those of you who maybe listened to our last uh, episode about our relationship, I believe it was like, how do we fight? And we mm. talked about the 4,000 fights that we've had in the time. <laughs> and uh, our math was a little bit off on that because that would have been, I think, m almost more days than we've been <laughs> together. Uh, but we do have arguments. We do have uh, tiffs. We do, uh, you know, get into some things. And I think recently we've been noticing there's been a little bit more tension. And so we, we've we worked through some of it. We're still working through it. But yeah. to bring you along on the journey to share some Exactly. Of that. And we really want the podcast episodes this year to kind of be taking you along for the ride of what are we working on each week? What's the dominant kind of um, theme that emerges? And for us last week, to be perfectly honest, it was a lot of relationship conversations. It was a lot of digging into, you know, what it, we feel this tension in the air. We feel a weird energy and what's going on. And this is what we do in our relationship. And so we wanted to bring that to the podcast very cautiously yeah, because it is fresh, but I think I feel confident enough in some of the solutions that we've come up with that we've worked through that, and, and I don't know about you, but I definitely can feel a change in energy this week. I mean, I think as long as all of us who are on the podcast, I'm speaking to everybody who's here on the podcast 
is going to stick to the bullet points that were written <laughs> and everybody doesn't stray from those, I think it'll be helpful. It'll be helpful. Yeah. Also, if you'll notice throughout this that I uh, deflect with humor or I throw in jokes, this is just a way for me, in especially in our relationship, to arguments and, and tension and things are going to come up, but it's how I feel like, oh, it doesn't have to be so rigid in these conversations we can make it humorous and then we can also still work through it. Like I'm not just deflecting with humor to not talk about totally. it. Totally. I'm more trying to like bring the temperature down, if you will. Like totally. my humor is like an ice cube and yeah. I'm just like dropping an ice cube in the boiling water and like, it's not doing a lot, but like it makes yeah. me feel better that I did something. Yeah. And I think that because our relationship was built on a basis of humor, first and foremost, from the very beginning. Cause we met at that improv group. <laughs> Cause I'm so good at improv. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that helps because when you do that, it, you know, I speak the language of humor as well. And so I like that because it does help us dig deeper if we can kind of like cut the tension or cut the d the difficult emotions along the way. Yeah. It allows us to stay in it longer. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so and get to the bottom of things. Hopefully this episode, especially if you, uh, you know, have a spouse, have a partner and you go through some tough times, like maybe this will be something that might be helpful just in some of the points that we've identified that are helping I us get through I also just this. think people don't share their like relationship challenges in online a lot of times because it's such a vulnerable thing because you want to appear as this like united front but what happens is then online and in social media or in podcasts or whatever you get this notion that everybody else's relationship is perfect and yours is the only one that has challenges well, definitely on instagram and tiktok i think they all are i, I think know that's like the thing and like, i just think yeah. that's such a it's a missed opportunity because as we'll discuss in this episode, there's nothing wrong with going through growing pains or going through seasons of your relationship where you have in fact, I think you have to dig in because as a person you're changing. And so if you don't dig in and go, oh, this thing is no longer feeling really good in this way, let's let's explore why so that we can grow together instead of apart. Like if you're never digging into those things, like I think that is a recipe for growing apart really quickly. Yeah. So I just want to normalize that with this conversation and share some practical ways that I know are going to be hyper specific to our situation and who we are as two people. But my hope is that if you're listening to this, you can run it through the filter of your own relationship and maybe find some things that are helpful. I mean, I think the fact that we have a podcast and we're talking about it means we're experts. I think that's how it works actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Relationship experts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so where did this all start? So I just want to set the scene a little bit. So as you know, if you listen to our goals episode, like we have a lot of things that we want to accomplish this year for Wandering Aimfully. And we're working more in the first two weeks of the year than I personally am working more in the first two weeks of the year than I was like able to work all of last year yeah. while we were traveling. I think in the first month of 2023, you will have worked more hours than you did all of 2022. That might be. Not including coaching not sessions. Not including coaching sessions. So if you just remove our monthly coaching session, like... <laughs> yeah. One month you're able to do more than you were last year. And that's not a criticism. No. That's like a, that's a reality, a, a reality of bandwidth and time and, you know, mental space. Yeah. And so what was happening was we were collaborating more than, you know, ever and sliding back into this like new phase of our life living here in Portugal and how are we working and new, these new goals. And we just felt this like tension emerge quite a bit on some, some innocuous conversation kind of turns into oh, well, this, you, this, and the, and by the way, like, if you listen to our episode about how we fight, like, we don't raise our voices, we don't have knockdown, drag out fights, like, that's not our thing, um, but our thing is, like, you know, 
we can find ourselves in situations where like one person is being short with the other person or one person is bringing in like maybe something completely unrelated remnants of other conversations and it can get to a, we like, I think the dominant feeling would be frustration. Yeah. We get frustrated with each other. And so we were realizing that. And so we were just like, okay, where is this coming from? Like, that's always our go-to once we have like one to two to three of those little moments where it's just, we're frustrated with each other. It's kind of like, we both look at each other like, Oh shit, we have to talk about this. Don't we like, this is coming from somewhere else. And so what we realized is that a lot of things have shifted since we stopped traveling and we can't just operate with the mentality that we've been working, you know, just like there was a transition period when we started traveling. Yeah. We, we had a lot, if you remember, like in Ireland, we had a lot of these like hard conversations because the same thing was happening. Like we were going through a different season. And so we needed to change the way that we related to each other. So, so we kind of just realized like, oh, we haven't had any of those big conversations. So we did. And if I had to summarize kind of like what the problem, yeah. the root cause of the, this frustration and tension was, um, I think, I think it comes down to two things we kind of determined. So the first one would be we're emerging from a very kind of tumultuous few years in the story of our relationship <clears throat> being 2019 is when I have my terrible anxiety issues. I can't work for six months. Jason carries the team. 2020 hits. We lose plaques. The pandemic hits. Plax is our dog. Plax is our dog. We lose plaques at the beginning of 2020. The pandemic hits. Then I'm still trying to rebuild my mental health, but then I'm easing back into work. Then we're, you know, working, but there's all the stresses of the pandemic as, you know, everyone navigated that in their own ways. Then we decided we wanted to do this adventure, travel, which is so exciting, but also really hard for a number of reasons. And so it's just like, it's a lot of change and it's a lot of challenges. And so now we're feeling settled again, but we haven't sort of like unpacked yeah. all of the baggage that we picked up along the way of the past few years. And so we can both feel this like seeds of resentment being planted of which we'll get into of what those resentments are. And I think that one of the most toxic things for a relationship is resentment. And so we just need to nip that in the bud. Yeah. Um, so that's one is this like seeds of resentment about like the balance of responsibilities in our life and work and recalibrating that. And then the second kind of root cause I think is this big internal shift that I'm personally having in my life because, um, I feel more capable than I have in the past five years. My anxiety levels are much lower. I feel much more myself. I feel able to do more things. And so I'm trying to rewrite the story of the past five years for myself about my capability and my capacity and give more to our relationship. But that internal identity shift is not always yet being reflected in our relationship as much as I would like it to be like an overnight shift. It's not going to be, which we'll talk about. And so I'm feeling like that's an insecurity point is like Jason will say something that's completely innocuous, but my brain interprets it as, oh, he's, he's perceiving me as that old version of myself who is, who does not have as much of a capability, who does not have as much capacity. And that makes me feel, you know, um, hurt because I want to be this, I want to step into this new version of myself. And so those are kind of the two core problems that we keep running up up against and now I want to get into the solutions because as we talk through the solutions I think we'll you'll be able to better understand those problems yeah yeah 
I'm ready. I'm, let's keep going. Okay. I'm sticking to the bullets. So I'm like, <laughs> I'll throw in jokes where I can. But You're doing a great yeah. job. And that's not like, it's not, I'm not doing that because I don't want to expand on what you're saying. I'm doing it because I think we want this episode to be more helpful. And yeah. actually like, this is again, something that we're currently working through. So I don't want to just like be a silly idiot through the whole thing. I'll just be a silly idiot through parts of it. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk solutions to those two kind of main sticking points. The first one that was a huge aha moment for me, I don't know about you, but I remember it was the conversation we had right here. Yeah, you're pointing at our couch. Our couch late at night. And it's when I realized that we have both been viewing the story of the past four years through our own individual lenses. And each of those individual lenses and stories can lead to resentment. And it, it made me realize that we need to change the story that we're both writing in our minds about what the four, past four or five years have meant. And so what I mean by that is I've been telling myself this individual story about, which, you know, is true because both of our stories are true, but not always helpful. So my individual story was about how hard the past four years have been for me personally in my battle with mental health and anxiety. And when I tell you that 2019 was the scariest, darkest thing I've ever experienced as an adult, it was so hard. And so I have had to claw my way back to being a quote unquote normal person, but like a version of myself that felt normal, who was not consumed by the physical sensations of anxiety and, and some other health challenges that came along with that. Um, And I've had to claw myself back to what is now a capable person. And that has been incredibly difficult and has taken incredible amounts of focus and energy and work and inner work and therapy and all these things, right? And so I feel so proud of myself for that journey that I've been on. And there are so many positives I can see. And I feel like I'm now at a place where I can contribute to us. Um, But that's been an inside thing. And so Jace can't always, all all he can see is like, yeah, I have my wife back. Cool. Amazing. But he doesn't see all of that story. Right. And so sometimes my story can become resentment because it goes, Oh, you don't know how hard I've had to work. Like you don't see all the effort. You just look probably from the outside and say like, Oh, she wasn't able to really contribute to. Yeah. Had a good day today. Had a bad day today. was able to do some stuff today. wasn't able to do anything today. Like that's how I see it. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so that's my individual story. And then your individual story, which I don't want to say that for you. Well, yeah. And also like, geez, give me some time on the mic. Um, (laughs) Is the, yeah, the last few years for me, while you were in that journey, A, and this is, again, like we're just sharing the thoughts and the things that we feel. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right way to feel or not, but it's how we felt. It's like, it's impossible for the other person who's struggling to know how hard it is for the person who's not struggling to feel completely out of control and helpless Mm -hmm. as well. And again, Mm -hmm. it's not a comparison. It's just, it's very difficult on a day when like you can't get out of bed and you just feel like darkness is surrounding you in some way. And I'm like, I don't know how to help. I Mm -hmm. don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I can only clean so many things in our house to like (laughs) assert control over things. And so like, that's what I've been doing. And so for the past couple of years, like the kind of the burden that I felt like I was carrying was keeping our lives going, keeping our businesses afloat, like doing all the the daily tasks that it takes that 
in a relationship, it's nice to have those tasks divvied up between two people. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is, is that as I became the person who took those things on, because just someone had to, it just became all of my responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you don't know all the things that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, just in like communicating with people, taking care of customers, like taking Mm -hmm. care of these bills, like, you know, all this different stuff. So, and that that, ticker that runs in your mind 24 seven, right? Yeah, for sure. Cause it's just like, you're always thinking of, Oh, like we ran a rinse aid. I got to go to the grocery store. I got to get that. Oh, does Carol need anything from the grocery store? Oh, like while I'm out, I should go get this done and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. So I think that, you know, for us, what we realized was like, even though we've had discussions about this, I think 2022 and traveling for the full year was almost like a, like we like jumped to a different side quest to bring Zelda into this. And like, we weren't focusing on the main quest of our relationship. Yeah. We didn't have to confront some of these things. We just teleported to, literally and physically teleported to a different place. Yeah. Surrounded ourselves with a bunch of different distractions. And all of these like distracting challenges because traveling was challenging in itself, but it was not, it was totally different set of challenges that we could just ignore the other ones. And so what I realized in that, this conversation, because this comes up so often is like, going back to this idea of seeds of resentment, inevitably our conversation will somehow land on like, you don't know how hard, like the hard battles that I've been fighting for my mental health. And it's sort of like, you don't, from your perspective, you don't know how hard it is to keep the the wheels on the wagon. Yeah. And like, literally, if I could tell you 95% of our frustrations and arguments come back to those two things. What do you think the other 5% is? Um, differences in... Snack requests. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's not differences in you snack requests. You trying to steal I my think, popcorn. I think it's in the equal amount the equal of amount snacks. equal amount of snacks. Like if I go in the kitchen Food to sharing, snack, yeah. you could have just eaten a meal. Doesn't matter. But you're like, are you getting a snack for everybody? Yeah. I'm like, you just ate. Yeah. You don't need a snack. No. And you're like, but you're snacking. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but there's only one serving left of this chip or you're, whatever. And you're, you're like, it doesn't matter. I need a snack as well. I think that this is a, a very clever tactic of you to th- say that I'm maybe the, the real snack fairness person. Uh, that's because what I've heard. If Out of the two of us, who do you think is more snack driven? That's what I've heard. Yeah, exactly. I've heard Mr. Cinnamon Roll. The people Mr. call you the Cinnamon snack roll. queen around here. I am the snack queen and I, I wear that title no, proudly. No, I eat so much more food. I know <laughs> you don't. Close. I know you don't. But <laughs> yeah. that's okay. Yeah. No, exactly. And so that's 95% of our, our fights come down to that. And so what I realized was like, this is not getting us anywhere. This is not getting us anywhere because the truth of the matter is you will never know the battles that I fought and I will never know how hard it was for you to keep the wheels on the wagon. And so every, every moment that we spend not accepting that fact is like, it's a resentment that's only going to grow and that can never be solved. And so we both go, okay, how can we change this? Like, what can we do? And I think it's, what I realized is we need to change the way that we view the last four years and try to think of it more less from an individual lens and more from a team lens. Because I do believe this at our core, we are a team and, and this is one of the benefits of working together and living together and doing all these things together is like you have a lot of evidence to show that you are a team. And so I kind of said like, okay, well what if we both work to in our minds, rewrite the, the story of the past few years to be more of like, as a team, we had to fight some really hard battles and we were both playing on hard mode, both of us in different individual ways. And it was not, it's not worth comparing or saying one over the other, or you don't know this and I was fighting harder. It's not about that. It's about viewing, again, the last few years through the lens of a team and saying, man, that was really tough, but we got through it. And like, 
we were as a team able to get back to a place where we feel capable as a team, get back to a place where we can now balance the, the roles and responsibilities better as a team. We made some incredible memories throughout that. We grew our business throughout that. And like, wow, what, you know, what an incredible team we are. Yeah. And so I think every time in the future I get, I notice myself drifting towards that resentment of like, wow, he doesn't know how hard I tried. I'm just going to remind myself. It's not about that because he was fighting a hard battle too. And like, I'm just going to try to bring my thoughts back to that team mentality. Yeah. So that's that's number one on how we're working through this, which yep. is rewriting old stories. So number two is... Wait, can I just have like a guiding question? So for, oh, the, sure. for that person... Just for so who, you're aware that's in the, not bullets, on the bullets, there's no guiding questions to wrap up a section. I'm aware. So I want you to know that I was actually correct in transitioning to the second you absolutely topic. absolutely were. And you've to done keep a, this moving forward. You've done a great job. As I've done for all of our... I'm just kidding. <laughs> see? There we go. Go ahead. I wish you could see the look <laughs> on my face where I'm like, Jason, we've just tried to tell everyone that we're working on this. Um, but I have to joke about it. I understand. Okay, great. The, Do you need a snack? <laughs> the guiding question that I would like just to help people apply this to their own circumstances is, you know, what is maybe some story that you have written about the past few years in your relationship, in your partnership, or even if you just want to apply this to yourself, um, that you feel like is actually keeping you stuck and is maybe planting seeds of resentment with yourself or with your partner. And what is a way that you can transform that thought in a way that feels not so... Yeah, and I think the guiding phrase that I think it's Brene Brown, the story that I'm telling myself is mm-hmm. like that phrase for me is actually really helpful because it it lessens the blow of when Caroline brings something to me that might feel like a criticism of me, but it's actually not a criticism of me. It's she's feeling this way inside and then I get to respond to how she's feeling inside, not as a jab at something that I might be doing. Mm-hmm. And so I think just if you're in a partnership or you meaning when I come to you and I say, okay, the, the story, story that, that I'm telling myself about the situation, this is, situation is yeah. right. And Which so is, it's just very helpful, at least for my brain to not feel criticized and like immediately in a defensive mode. Right. Because also I think what you're doing when you say those words is you're communicating to the other person that you're aware that you're not bringing to them what is quote unquote objective reality. What you're bringing to them is your perception and you're open to that being shifted. Um, and, and I think that helps the other person not be so defensive. That would be your subjective reality. Great. Point number two, having compassion for the reasons behind the other person's particularities. So we as many of you may know, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, we're very different people. We operate on two very different emotional spectrums. Mm-hmm. We operate on two very different, I think, organizational, organizational spectrums. And so one of the things for me that I have realized, especially now as we've moved into a new home, we're starting to have things again. They're completely new things. They're completely new ways of doing things. They're new places of doing things. I, like, it's a, it's a mental need to organize things in a certain way so that it makes my brain feel good. Yeah. And I've tried to explain this, you know, now that I'm starting to like 
notice it more and pay attention to more. Because I think in our previous homes, like what we did is we moved from Florida to California in 2015. We started over with stuff, but we had another couple that we lived with. So like I didn't really have these many particularities because there were too many people to be particular with. So I couldn't have too many of them, if that makes sense. I, I still think, had some. I think maybe that, babe, but I... I well, no, I was just saying, just let me finish oh, sure, for a second. Sure. Like, you would agree that when we moved to yeah. California. Mm -hmm. So then, like, then we moved into our own place, and then we started to accrue some of our own stuff. But then we moved from that place to another place, then we moved to another place. And, like, I still had particularities, but I don't think it was as much because it... I just feel like I didn't have, like a clean slate to start with. It was like I was always kind of carrying things forward. Whereas when we started here, it was like a clean slate and like I didn't want to mess it up. Mm -hmm. Was I think what like where my brain was. Mm -hmm. And so as we would start to do things and put things places, my brain would have this like buzzing if things weren't in those places. Cause I'm like, don't mess this place up. Like this mm -hmm. is our first new place in a while that like I actually feel like we're like starting fresh with. Yeah, I think a couple things there. I well just to further define because people are like, what do you mean particularities? We're just, when we use that umbrella phrase, we're just referring to like, this goes here, you right. know, like, oh, I, I've organized our utensil drawer in this way. And I feel really good when this is in this particular spot. Yeah. And it's, there's like a million things like that. Of totally. like, th There's a right way to do, take out the trash. There's a right way to organize your yeah. closet. Like, and so I, think and sorry going back to what I was saying about the thing of I truly believe digging into this that there is some I think this is a coping mechanism we've talked about this um that your brain is doing to compensate for some lack of control or something like that not to like overly diagnose but I just think what I know about psychology is like that is probably what's happening, right? Is that yeah. your brain is feeling a sense of chaos or a sense of a lack of control and it's trying to assert that control. And so for a long, and I, I, what I'm saying is I think that because of what we've been through the past few years, I, I think there is part of it is like we're in a new house, but just comparing it to how the lack of particularities that you had when we lived in like the first house in California is very interesting to me. That's all. Yeah. Because more has happened to feel out of control in the past few years. Do you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that was part of what I was saying too, was like, I'm more particular now than I was then. That was like my whole point. Totally. But yeah. you're the way in which you were sharing that, which I think it, there's so much truth to that. Um, is about the environment itself. Oh, and the yeah. point that I'm trying to make yeah. is that it could also just totally. be the yeah. emotional needs underneath. Yeah. Which brings me yes to Yes and. Yes and. Is what we say exactly. in improv as you know. As we because we met as, in the improv group. Yeah. Which was called Wagon Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cuz I was keeping the wheels on the wagon. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, okay, so and that's so, no. Yep. Okay. Um <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I have thoughts. <laughs> Great. Um, so what I realized, and this was like a really important thing for me because oftentimes what can happen is like Jace has a way that he wants to like organize this or organize that and or as, do this. Or sorry, that. as we've talked about, I typically in the, especially the past four years have taken on the majority of the domestic roles. And right. I think actually just like in our entire relationship. And that's not actually because it's ever been an agreement. It's just because... I naturally gravitate towards doing them and I don't mind doing them. Yeah. I think it's a couple things. I think it's when I moved in with you, it was your house. Right. I was 21. You were 26 yeah. or 27. Sure. And so you had already like established this adult life. And so I was kind of deferring to like the household that you had to the set adult. up. 
Yeah. Which sounds weird, but that's fine. I think it was 22 when we moved in, actually. Yeah. So 22, 27. Sure. And so I'm adapting to your adult life that you've set up. And so then I just sort of deferred to you with everything. And then, you know, things happen and shit hits the fan and whatever. Um, but th- this is what can happen is you kind of, you fade into these roles without ever questioning, should, is that the way that you want it to be in your relationship? Right. But as far as your particularities, what's hard for me is that... S- especially now in this transition where I'm trying to shift into, I now have more capacity. I can take on more of the roles. I want to shift the balance. What can happen is like in trying to take things off of your plate and put them onto mine, I suddenly find out that there's a right way and there's a wrong way according to your brain, you know? And so I can very quickly feel like, Oh, I'm not doing this in the, the right way or I'm not enough, you know, it can very quickly get to that story of like, I am not enough because I don't do this right or I don't do that right. And so that's my insecurity that comes to the table. And it's a frustration that sometimes can feel like Jason has this particularity for no reason. It feels arbitrary, but in sitting down with you, what I've come to understand is that I haven't been giving enough weight to the fact that it is actually, I think a an emotional, what we've been calling it is an organ. It's an environmental need that you have. And when you view it through that lens, when you explain to me the way that it makes your brain buzz when something is not in place, I go, well, that's a shitty way to feel like that's like me and my anxiety. Right. And so I, I start to understand that it's actually, if it is a coping mechanism that your brain has chosen in order to make you feel like you have make sense of the world and to make you feel like you can move about your day in a much more peaceful way. Well, then it becomes an act of love for me to try to understand that and dig deeper into understanding like, why is it like then when I'm unloading the dishwasher and I'm putting the wooden spoon in the place that I know you love the wooden spoon to be to me, that's an act of love. That's me saying, I want your life to be easier. I want your brain to feel better and framing it in that way for me has taken the story around it away from I'm not enough, I'm not doing this right, to I'm showing up for my partner in a way that is putting his needs in my in my mind and just trying that little extra bit harder. Yeah, which is the same way like when you were going through your anxiety journey in 2019 and even the years after, like I just had to learn how to respond to certain things in a better way to support you in those moments. Right. Like I can be my normal goofy self 90% of the time, but like if you're having like a tough anxiety go, like I have to be a different version of myself to make you feel better. And I'm doing it because I love you and I care about you, not because I feel like I have to change who I am, but because I know in doing that, it'll make you feel better. Exactly. Yeah. And so I do think that especially, I think there's also this other complicated bit of it, which like there was this part of me that was really railing against some of these particularities because I, the wooden spoon in the right spot. Yeah. Because also like, I don't know, there is this narrative of like, you know, you making rules for our household in this. And and there's this like story in my head about like, you know, this patriarchal way of like, Oh, it's just like your rules and I have to live by them or whatever. But when I bring all of that baggage to it, I, it, it, kind of obscures what's really happening, which is just that you have actually an emotional need and I want to serve that need. 
And so it's not about arbitrary rules and trying to live in a house by your rules. Yeah. And also I think what's interesting in this is I hope it's clear that like, I've never given you a set of rules or a way to do things. Totally. It's never, so it's, you've been like, Hey, yeah. You, like when you do the dishes, you needed it like never in our no. lives ever. It's just that like, I would go and move things around or like, you know what I mean? And yeah. like, I would just, and it's not like I wouldn't do it in front of you to make you feel bad. It's just like the next morning I would just like move the knives to the different spot or I'd move the wooden spoon to the different spot. And like there comes a, a I think in enough time where like that de- then does become a resentment because it's like, I'm like, why, why can't you just do it in a way that like makes my brain happy? Yeah. Not in a way that like you have to do it. It's just, again, it's like the, the particularity of the organizational and environmental needs that make me feel in control and good is all we're trying to help out with. In this yeah. Moment. And it's all like a compromise too, right? Like it is some version of, it's not me just always deferring and going, well, then I'm going to do everything the way that your brain wants to do it. Yeah. But it's about loving you enough to go, I want to try. Yeah. And then it's also about you loving me enough to go, and I'm going to try to loosen some of those reins. Totally. And I think that like, that's a big part of this year for me and what I'm working on is you're trying to be, and you are being more capable. And so I have to be okay with the fact that you trying and doing something is like anything else in life. Like you're never going to do it the the way that maybe I would do it right out of the gate. Like right. you, you, it's like you have to train your own neural pathways to be like, oh, okay, like this goes here. And why does this go here? It's not just because I want to make Jason feel better. It's like, oh, it actually makes sense because this is a lesser used utensil and it takes up space in like the main utensil drawer where like the yeah. functional things that we should use every day. And be. for you, it's like, do I want to share this burden with someone or do I want everything to be done perfectly because I can't have it both ways. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you can't, you can't be like, Oh, I want, I wish that the roles and responsibilities were more balanced and then also go, yeah, but it has to all be done the way that I would do it to a T because that's, not the way that it's going to work. Yeah. Like I'm I never want, going to be able to do it the way I you do it. I want an organized, neat and tidy home and life, but I also don't want to be like obsessive about it. You know, yeah. like I think that's the thing that I'm all like trying to realize like, Oh, I, I get to a place where like I go and I check something, you know, more than I need to. And I'm like, I don't need to check that. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. If the wooden spoon is not in the drawer, it's fine. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move forward because I just want to make a note for us as we're recording this. Like, we were trying to be done in a certain amount of time and we need to Definitely. pick up the pace a little bit. But hopefully you're enjoying this, listening <clears throat> to this uh, therapy listener. session, yeah. this group therapy session. Yeah. Um, okay, so that that's one thing is just kind of reframing um, the other person's particularities and understanding the deeper need behind it. So I guess the guiding question for you would be if there are some of these like little like uh, we call them roommate problems, like <laughs> yeah. of living with another person. Is there, can you, can you dig deeper and understand why maybe that person has a specific way that they want to do something Yeah. Um, and then have a conversation about it? So number three, I think the thing that is going to help us is also not letting our frustration about our individual tasks turn into resentment. And so this is shifting from not just balancing life duties, but this is more about balancing work duties. So I don't know if you have heard of this, you listening, have heard of this book called Fair Play by Eve Rodsky, but I came across it like I think like a year ago or so, maybe six months ago. And it's all about this like card game where you... um, 
you take all of the kind of domestic chores that it takes to run a household and you give, you divvy them out to each partner, not an equal number of cards, but in a way that feels fair. Yeah. In a way that you both agree is equal. Is equal. So yeah. it's like one person could have 25 cards and one person could have 10 cards. But as long as you both agree, like this is fine. This feels fair. This feels fair. Yeah. And so we did that. Um, but actually it was very, it was much easier to do it for our life. Yeah. What's interesting about the domestic side of our life is like, it really doesn't affect me that I do more of the domestic things. If anything, it was just, you wanted to take on more of those things to show that you were capable. And that, that was a way in our relationship because I already believe that we're equal in work and I, I don't see any discrepancies there, but we'll get into more of that. But like in life stuff, like it's just a truth in our lives that like the domestic stuff I take on more. And so I think in doing this fair pay, like I don't know what the number was that we ended up like. I still have more tasks, but it was actually uncomfortable for me to give up some of the tasks. Which is interesting. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm like, ooh, like uh, I really do like the trash being like (laughs) taken out a certain way, which sounds so stupid. And I know for many of you listening to this, you're like, what a dumb thing to obsess about. But I do think that there are going to be a good portion of you who are in relationships where one person is way more particular. And so I think this has been really helpful for us just in the short term. And I'm very curious to see how it goes in the long term. If like it does help my brain release some of those things that I'm trying to control mm-hmm. of like the trash, like because taking out the trash a certain way really means nothing. Like it, it's stupid. And like my brain made up a way that it's supposed to do it. And like, mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be done that way. Mm-hmm. But I do but think what that, it represents yeah. is control. Yeah, for sure. And I do think that like, just to give myself one small iota of credit is that because my brain is so efficiently wired, mm-hmm. I think I do figure out ways to do things efficiently. Well, now, you, granted, you would think that, wouldn't you? Now, granted, I don't know what that means in the grand scheme of life. Like, and what am I saving five minutes a month? I'm just kidding. No, that is what actually makes it 10 times harder is that your ideas for all of these things are very good ideas. And right. you know what I mean? So it's like, that's what actually makes it hard because you're so good at it that it's easier to defer to you. Right. But, but like, I'm even saying for myself, but like to what end, like what am I really saving? Like in the grand scheme of life, like if I counted this up, like 12 minutes a month, like, right. I mean, I guess I wouldn't mind having 12 extra minutes a month, but like, does that really matter? Well, yeah, that's a good thing that we always circle back on with your efficiency brain is like, it's like the time that we about grabbing the mail on the way in and you were like, so like, yeah, it just it frustrated me it because threw that's you not, off because that's, that's not, not your route. route. Yeah, it's not. It literally was like a game character <laughs> yeah. who was like had to go off their route, and it really fried your brain. And yeah. that, and again, that's where I go. Oh, I know why that was frustrating to him, and it's because this is how his brain works. It 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 is soothed by a very it's, efficient. It was one route. minute of extra walking. Yeah, to get the key to go to the and like. It like it literally like froze my brain. It I was know. like, no, this is not the plan. The plan was we go through the other door, we do the thing, we take our shoes off, we get the thing, we get in the shower. Like, no, I'm not going to get the mail. Yeah. I refuse to get it anyway. Okay, um, so moving on to fair play. So yes. we so we had the bright idea to do this for work as well. Yes, and to and to kind of write down all of the tasks for work. And so I think what we realized in doing that that was actually a really good exercise because it showed me a couple things about our work lives that I didn't necessarily know before, which were that Jason does a lot more things. And it's because the things that he does are extremely like operational. Yeah. And he, so he's always multitasking like a million, very important, small, things. but small things. Yeah. 
And so they don't take much work. They take like seven minutes of work here, here, 10 minutes of work here, 30 minutes of work there. Right. And so I, and then my plate is much more full of things that are the deep creative work, the design projects, the writing projects, the coaching projects. Right. And so it looks like I'm doing less because the amount of things I'm doing is less, but the depth of those things is greater. And then he's like, yeah, but I don't even clue you in on like 85% of these things that I'm doing any given day. And what, so that was the first realization to go, Oh, I see. And this is also why it's more frustrating to me. Um, when things get off track because it's a lot harder to move like a big boulder of a project task than it is to shift around 12 different, you know, smaller tasks Mm -hmm. throughout the day. And so Jason can be more efficient with his time because he has more blocks to rearrange. I have these big blocks that are, it's much harder to get in and out of. Right. So that's the first thing. The second thing is realizing that we do this thing where because we operate in these like silos, we like have a very divide and conquer type of approach, which allows us to get so much done, Yeah, which is great. But Jason will be like, have all of this like battle that he's fought with all of these like very annoying tasks. And he'll be frustrated because a lot of the things that he has to do are frustrating. And then I think because it goes back to the resentment thing where you feel like the other person doesn't see or acknowledge how much, work or battle that you've fought, I feel like your frustration with the tasks then gets gets funneled towards me because I don't have to do that, right? right? And same with me, I get frustrated because I've done like this big task that just seems like design the new dashboard. It's like, I have to do the design research. I have to learn this new thing in Figma. I have to do this. I have to redesign this. I have to do, and it's like, I fought this entire battle and made all these decisions. And then I get frustrated and I funnel that towards you because you didn't have to fight those battles, you know? And so again, it's the toxic resentment and it's only because the other person isn't aware of and can't possibly acknowledge the hardship that you've had to endure with your silo because they don't know. Yeah, exactly. So we're trying a new thing with that. What are we trying, Jason? We're we're trying what's called venti latte. Yeah. And there's not a Starbucks near us, so this is our own venti latte that we'll be making. And what we're going to do is I think on Fridays when we do our weekly meeting for Tea Tree is kind of right after that because honestly a lot of the frustrations for me end up being from Tea Tree related things because, and that's not because I don't like Tea Tree, it's because it's so much harder to work on and you have so many more things that frustrate you because you can't do everything you want. Mm -hmm. And so like when you're designing a website, you can do whatever you want. Like it's very, especially nowadays, like it's very easy to accomplish your exact goals. When you're building a software product and you're dealing with customers, things go wrong, you can't control them. And like, it's just as frustrating. So yeah, every week I think we're going to do like a 30 minutes and it's, it's not for the other person to accept that frustration in any way. It's just to be there to be like, yeah, that sucks. So like for me as an example, like today I had to manually fix 18 customer payments through our WordPress plugin, then through Stripe, then through resending the webhook, so then through updating the Notion database, and then double checking it in our payment logs. And it's just tedious, right? And you're like, there's, yeah. and it's totally a derailment of what you thought you were going to do. And it's out today. of my, it's out of my control. I didn't do anything wrong. The plugin did something wrong, right. and like they didn't take ownership of it. So that's frustrating too. So it's just like all those different pieces. Yeah, and those are things that I would never know, right? right. And so this, the whole idea of venti latte is like just vent yeah. a lot, uh, but it's it's defining this almost like invisible circle outside of both of us where we can dump those things so that the they don't get dumped onto the other person. Yeah, they don't get funneled towards the other person it's like let's let's expel this energy outside of ourselves but not at the other person let's both agree that it all belongs in this other 
little toxic waste dump. Exactly. So in, that's in what we're latte. in the venti latte. So that's what we're going to try. And we think that might help with just feeling like overall our roles and responsibilities are fair because part of what feels unfair is when your invisible work is not being acknowledged and seen. Yeah. And so when you feel like the things that you're doing are seen, um, it's a lot easier to feel like happy oh. with the, the other parameter for venti latte, in case you're going to try this, I don't know if you have a guiding question for them for this one because it's not a bullet point. Yeah, not really. Is if you're going to try this, the parameter that I also wanted to set up was it's not on the other person to criticize yeah. the person bringing it up of like, well, why did you why do did it that you, way? Like, that's right. what I don't want. And right. that's why I don't actually share or a lot even, of these little things. Or because, even come with solutions. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want you to be like, well, why don't we look for like another membership plugin? And I'm like, because I don't want to think about moving 1,017 customers over. And right. Like, the you important know, part of that space is defining like it's a time for this and a time not for this. Exactly. So that's actually not a brainstorm space. It's not a fix this space. It's yeah. like a listen space. Yeah. Just let's sip our venti lattes. Let's sip our venti lattes and just, and chat. just chat. Okay, moving on two to, more. we have two more. So can you tell that we just like love talking about our feelings? But honestly, like this is the work of Yeah, and I think it's helpful even for someone like me who doesn't like talking about feelings. You get in and you do this and it does feel better. And it does yes. remove some of the like, tension in the air it, it helps to cut through and like give some guiding ways to work through that in the next time that it happens and i feel like all these things end up feeling like you're taking one step backward to take 12 steps forward also did you mention the fair play book and the author's name yeah just Eve, want to mention Rodsky. eve rodsky fair play if you want to look it up yeah just want to remind people um okay so number four kind of solution that we're going to try is just going back to what i said before it's about being more intentional about communicating any types of shifts in your own individual perception you're trying to make so that the other person's aware of that. So if you're really, if you have this fresh new thing for 2023 that you really want to change about yourself, um, you know, that you want to work on, that you want to evolve, like clue your partner in on that. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're going to be operating from this like new space and your partner's inevitably going to say something that triggers an insecurity or a past version of yourself or something that you're trying to move away from. And that's going to cause conflict. Yeah. And you're thinking about that shift as the person who's shifting every minute, every hour, every day. Right. Whereas the other person is like, oh yeah, I thought I heard you say you're doing this. And right. you're like, what do you mean? I've been doing this every single day. And yeah. It's like, so this was a big yeah. like thing that we had to come to because I, and you, if you go back to our 2023 goals um, episode two, I talked about how I really wanted to prioritize our relationship for this year, which I think is why some of these conversations are coming out because it's just so top of mind for me is like, I want to get all of this stuff ironed out so we can be good, you know? Stop stealing my snacks then. Okay. We'll be good if you stop stealing my <laughs> snacks. And so, um, but one of those things is like, I was really like, especially for the first two weeks of the year, being extremely intentional every day about just like, that was the, any extra effort or capacity that I had beyond my own things that I'm working on was trying to go towards, again, this shift that I'm trying to make where I'm relieving Jason of some of these, like all of these things that he's had to do the past couple of years to take some of that off his plate, to share that burden more fairly. And, and in doing so, um, building my own confidence in the process, because I also don't want to live my life as a 34 year old adult who feels like I can't run a household too, yeah. you know? And, and not that you, not that you can't, it's not just, that I can't, yeah. but it's like, I, I, it's just about taking ownership of things yeah. and feeling that, and that builds confidence. And so I literally was just like putting so much mental effort towards like, okay, so, some of those things that don't come to me naturally, right? Like 
oh, like all these like little running tickers that Jason has in his head all the time about like, before I leave the sink, like cleaning out the sink so that it doesn't have like goop in it. You know, it's like silly stuff like that. Um, But it's a million of those little things that I was trying to be top of mind so that to really kind of shift that perception of, okay, I'm someone who thinks about like Jason and thinks about the other person and what would make his brain feel good. Yeah. But the problem is that in not really communicating that effectively to Jason, that that was my intention. Like it's like, unintentionally I was setting you up for this test that, that like you were only going to fail. Always Do you know what I mean? Relationships. The tests are never, and again, this was unconsciously, but it's like, I wanted him to notice, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, and in doing that, it, are you really doing it for yourself or are you then doing it because you want to be acknowledged? Yeah. And I don't know. There's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B because anybody who's putting effort towards a relationship wants to have that scene. Right. But after these two weeks, we were having this, these conversations and I was just was like, it was becoming very clear to me that the presence of all of these extra things that I was doing because those were things Jason was already normally doing. It didn't really register to him that those things were being done by me. Yeah. And it's also for me, it was like a time thing. I was like, well, I think I just need more time of you doing these things for me to realize that I'm not doing them. Like totally. if that makes sense. Like it's weird. It's just like, cause I've done them for longer and again, not trying to compare time, but just trying to explain how time feels to me in that. Right. It's like for me, I'm like, Ooh, I took out the trash twice and I like, that hasn't (laughs) been me. And in like, it's that in a long line of like, okay, it's taking out the trash. It's, you know, cleaning up after myself. It's like vacuuming the, the hair from the floor. It's like doing all of these little like things around the house where I'm like, Oh, he's going to feel so good that like, wow, this is our new reality where like, he doesn't have to do all these things himself. Like they're, we're sharing the burden. And like to him, it's like, I took out the trash twice. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah. And, and like, that's not a huge relief off his shoulders. No. And so, yeah, it was because just, he's been taking out the trash for like the entirety of our relationship. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it's trying to explain how you're feeling about you are doing it, you know, a hundred times more than you've done it, you know, and however long. <laughs> right. I yeah. had a 200% exactly. increase. Yeah. And so for you, that feels huge for me. It's like a 0.02 decrease. Yeah. And so it doesn't feel different. And so that's what I, you know, we kind of came to this and we were working through it. And, and so for, from my side, it's like, okay, well I, now I know how much effort you're having to put into this. I'm going to try and pay more attention to it right. and give you the affirmation because right. that's what will keep you going right. in, in, sticking to trying to do this because if I don't affirm you in your efforts, why are you going to do it? You'd be like, well, you're just going to do it anyway. So I'm just going to stop doing it. Like, right. It and sense. then it's on me too, to like clue you in, like make, sometimes like on our walks is a really good place where we kind of like talk about life stuff of just being like, Hey, like, you know, I'm still really giving it my all. And like, I'm enjoying the way that it feels about my own self-esteem to show up in these ways in our relationship that, perhaps I didn't put any intentional effort towards like I just planned this is a very small thing but like last Saturday I picked out a restaurant a new restaurant for us to try I made the reservation without without, talking to me without talking to Jason without being asked and I know that that means a lot to him because he's always the one who has to think ahead and sort of like make the plans right and I also I getting back to the excitement thing for me is I get excited about a new restaurant and so it's like a, a good thing in our relationship where I'm like oh like I don't even care if the food's good. Like I just didn't have to think through this. Yeah. And I got to surprise you. And then, but then it's on me to be like, 
I is just share the process of that with you to be like, I really enjoyed that. And I want to do more stuff like that so that you can then also go, Oh, she's still really, this is something she's really working on. And I want to acknowledge that. And I want to support her in that. All right, guiding question or moving on to number just, five? Just moving straight on all to right, number five. so we just had a couple guiding questions that were on this. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's all right. We'll work on the consistency of the podcast notes here moving forward. <laughs> but this is, I think, just an overarching thing to not go, oh, like we're in a rough patch right now. Yeah, so is we're it, is th- it things over? are on shaky ground. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, it's like normalize being yeah. in a relationship where you go through phases and you have to work a little bit harder but on But it does feel that way. Like that's the problem as a human being. Yeah. Like, it feels like, and I think part of the reason why it feels that way is because the majority of the time you're not having these types of conversations. Right. So you're like, well, what's going on? You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. everything you're else like, is fine. Oh, are we in a rough patch? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I think one of the things that, that we are also just continuing to notice the, the length of time that we have been together, which will be 13 years this year, is that we spend so much time together and that we are going to change as people. And mm-hmm. so like we have these well-worn grooves of like who the other person is and like how they operate in our relationship and like how they show up and like, and even, you know, for me, it's a big change of for a couple years, you were struggling with anxiety, but now you're not. Mm -hmm. And so I have to rewire that thing of like, Oh, Caroline's not a person who struggles with anxiety. You still have things that pop up, but it's like, I, I don't have to think of you as that way anymore because it's not something that you deal with on a day to day basis that I have to like be in a, 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 like, protective mode of yeah and that's not to say that I won't in the future right and I think I think that's also hard being with rewriting this new story for myself too is leaving it flexible enough to know that if I do get into a place where that is a challenge for me again in like a real day-to-day way that that doesn't make me weak that doesn't make me that doesn't mean I'm the old version of myself it just means that this is something that you know, I'm going to learn to deal with in that phase of our lives. And we're going to re- then have to reconfigure our relationship again. And that's the whole point of this like last one is just remembering that it's totally normal to constantly be recalibrating your relationship through the transitions of your life. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah. Like, for sure. let's just all agree that you're not doing it wrong if that's if that's what you have to do because this is just a part of being human. But you are doing it wrong if you're throwing dishes across the kitchen. Maybe don't throw dishes across. Just don't the throw kitchen. dishes don't because throw you bought those dishes from like a local ceramics shop like we did and like <laughs> someone made those by hand. You didn't get them from IKEA. They're nice. Uh, do you want to finish off with a little movie recommendation that we just watched last night that kind of felt very apropos to it this? It did in feel a way. very apropos. We um, this was on my list for a while, but it's the documentary by Jonah Hill. It's on Netflix right now called Stutz. S T U T Z. And oh my gosh, just hit me right it's, in the feels. Yeah, um, a, it's it's basically a documentary about his therapist. I'm not really sure about the ethical implications of the, that. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you that it was very heartwarming, very interesting. Yeah. Very. Um, life affirming. Um, and I think it is a beautiful intention to try to bring some therapy tools to people who won't have access to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. The therapist, Phil Stutz is his name. Like his way of thinking in metaphors, mm-hmm. I think is really powerful. Mm-hmm. And also bringing the like medical mental health part of that into those tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you can really see the effect that it's had on someone like Jonah Hill. And if you don't know Jonah Hill's story, he goes over it pretty well in the, the documentary. But I also just love in watching it, like from a piece of content perspective, you see 
you actually see the real pain that Jonah is going through making this documentary Yeah. where there's this moment where there's like a reveal and you're like, Oh wow. Like I thought this was just a simple thing. And like you, and then it gets deeper and then it's a deeper thing. Yeah. And it's unexpected. And anyway, we found it really beautiful. And I think, you know, we prioritize these discussions, these deeper mental health discussions or relational health discussions. Um, you know, full disclosure, like we have never been to couples therapy, but sometimes our conversations feel like couples therapy. Um, and, and, and we would never take that off the table. Like I think we've talked about, like we would definitely be open to doing that in the future. Um, if that's something that we felt like a tool that was helpful, uh, language teacher will be that. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I think we'll need it after that. Um, yeah. Also just wanted to let you know, we are the perfect couple on Instagram. So even though we don't use Instagram, you should know that if you go back and look at our Instagram, everything's perfect. Everything's perfect. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening to this. Please be kind in anything that you might say or judge about us. Yeah. Um, because we, just ultimately we have feelings too (laughs) and it's a very vulnerable thing I think to open up your relationship to let people in and to potentially criticize but I think it's really important because like I said I think I think the more that we normalize these things for each other um the more we can prevent ourselves from comparison and thinking that there's something wrong with us if our relationship isn't as glossy as they all look on Instagram I know what I'm doing for the rest of the day what Coffee, mm-hmm. cinnamon rolls, Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. All it's right, the everybody. Trifecta. That's it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.